Hello and welcome, heroes, to the Crit Academy. I am your host, Justin. I'm your co-host, Ian. And I'm your co-host, Austin. This podcast was created to provide you, our heroes, with new and reusable material for both players and DMs. We hope to inspire you with creative content that you can bring with you on your next adventure. Our show may that be suitable for young children. Maybe those are D&D games, and definitely not the one we just played. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, before we get into it, I want to talk about that. We just had an awesome game with Defy Danger, creators of the 5th uh, edition team deathmatch. It was a PvP match. Unfortunately, we lost, but it was a lot of fun, and we can't wait to do it again. Um, so, please... Although I'd not point out we lost in overtime. That's true. Yeah, it was in overtime. Wasn't so, that bad. It was uh it was it was a lot of fun. You can head on over to twitch.tv uh slash defy danger and check out the video. It was really great. Thank you so much for having us on. Can't wait to do it again. Um mm-hmm. if you recall, we did cover the fifth edition team deathmatch in a previous episode. You can head on over to CritAcademy.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts and check out that episode if you haven't already. That being said, I'm really excited for today's episode. Uh, once again, as if you've uh, been following us, I was excited to cover the mythic Odyssey of Theros, but since the books aren't out yet, we kind of had to do, change it up a little bit. So we are going to be covering Warcraft Heroes Handbook. I'm it's excited. free. Yes, it's a free product. Um, I'll talk more about it. I love World of Warcraft. I've been playing it for many, 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 many years, even through the garbage. Um, though a lot less through the garbage. <laughs> and I'm excited to uh, share this document with you that uh, we found. I want to give a huge shout out to Charles Kuntz, who actually sent this to me forever ago, and I never found an opportunity to actually <laughs> cover it. So uh, here we are. <laughs> um, that being said, uh, if you like to, if you enjoy the show and you'd like to support us, you can head on over to CritAcademy.com, check out our Patreon page, maybe pick up one of our best-selling D&D supplements, um, or just subscribe to our newsletter and be entered to win fat loots every single week. Every week we give away stuff. Every week. So Yeah. Uh, and I promise I don't blast you with emails. Just like once or twice a month usually. Well, that's not true. Every time a blog post comes out, it might hit you up, but you can unsubscribe to that part. Anyways, uh, mm-hmm. so for our uh, – for- before I move on, what did you guys think about our game with uh, Defy Danger? Pretty sure I renamed half their characters Chuck. I chucked them into the meat grinder. <laughs> <laughs> that was a that's good. I like that. I, I just like being able to interact with a lot and having just this this crap ton of action economy as like a. a a rogue thief yes which i might play more often actually because that was super fun <laughs> yeah i love your use of the chains and tying up the the gun that was right nail gun that was right in my face <laughs> i was just like what can i i wonder what i can do to these things because obviously like they're there right. they're just jetting out of the ground right so i'm like i don't know maybe i can do something with this and uh i'm actually amazed about the fact that my tavern brawler feet did not come up once <laughs> I yeah. being chucked off into the meat grinder too repeatedly, so I didn't live long enough for it to matter half the time. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that was the beauty of Just it, right? True. They were all very ranged as well. I didn't think I didn't think about it too much, but ranged weaponry totally makes sense. <laughs> um, like I said, like multiple it. times too. Definitely a point where like my character's AC is nineteen. 
course, Maximus cares not what your AC is. I grapple you. <laughs> Just <laughs> Brutus Maximus gonna have to choke a bitch. Anyways, Crit Nation, thank you so much for joining us today here at Crit Academy Studios, where everything's made up and your roles don't matter. Yep, that's right. Your roles are like Azeroth without the Horde or the Alliance. Yeah, that would be a, that'd be a lot less interesting. Now, have either of you played World of Warcraft? Yes. Two hours. Months okay. ago in high school. Oh, forever it ago. was a while ago, though. Yeah. My, yeah. Wife, my wife and I actually play Classic together. We started when it came out, and because we only play together, our characters are just now getting to level 50, but uh, it's a lot of fun. So, MMOs in the first place, so... <laughs> Shame. I only did, like, the... Uh, I would, I think I started playing when the... Around the Death Knight stuff ah. came out. And then after that, uh, I only played for, like, a little bit. And then I kind of yeah. jumped out. She's going to have friends to play with. All right. Yeah. So uh, for our let's talk about Blink segment, we actually have a question that was submitted. If you've noticed, I've been changing it up from questions being submitted to kind of whatever topic tickles my dice. Um, this question was submitted by M. Gregory Burdick. It says, how would you set up stats for the Fortress of Solitude with gifts on Superman's birthday? The characters find Superman catatonic with an alien plant wrapped around his body. The alien conqueror Mongol reveals himself, explaining that the plant, the Black Mercy, it's in quotes, I... <laughs> has incapacitated Superman why he's consumes it consumes his bio aura feeding him a realist dream based on his heart's deepest desire in his cataconic state Superman dreams of a normal life on his long destroyed home planet of Krypton happily married to Lila uh, Layla Laryl uh, with children but this is for D&D um, so, uh, before I give my opinion on the fortress uh, status in the fortress of solitude, what do you guys think? I'm familiar with this kind of story, which was adapted to, to an episode of justice league unlimited. So it was a good episode. <laughs> oh, I'm not too familiar with some of this, but I mean, I would, this seems like such an odd thing. Cause you're, you're, I'm assuming you're trying to save Superman from this thing. That, that, that's the idea, right? Yeah, I see. I was kind of confused. I was originally wondering, is it how would you stat like give stats to the fortress, um, and then uh, fill it with things that would be from other planets, I guess, uh, other <laughs> galaxies. Um, what really made this interesting to me is the fact that this person is bringing in Superman into. His D&D game. Yeah, hit the D&D, yeah. Because um, really, in a world with immortals and gods, Superman's not all that impressive anymore, in my opinion. Um, he'd still be able to tango with them. Right. Uh, he, he's Superman. Well, it also depends on what version of Superman you're going off of as well. And but. the writer. And it's also worth pointing out that one of the things Superman's not immune to is magic. <laughs> he, and there's a lot of that. <laughs> yeah but for the fortress of solitude if i was to build that in my DD campaign world i think that it would be like uh i would treat it much like a mage's tower where there are powerful artifacts that he just deemed was too dangerous to just be left kind of out and about and so i can imagine like a museum or a gallery yeah. of just dozens of these unique and legendary items that could alter the course of history um and obviously, if you don't know, Fortress of Solitude is usually like an ice, you know, castle or ice mm -hmm. 
ice fortress. So you could add a lot of uh, ice themes to the defenses, you know, Kona cold statues. Um, yeah. One thing that I think Superman had in one of the movies is he made a, a, a light that like weakened everyone that was outside or was that just Krypton's? Um, so I could see some, uh, Kryptonians, I think you could do something like that with like anti-magic fields or, um, something that mm-hmm. imposes le- levels of exhaustion when they get in. I think they just did that on Supergirl. Um, they got this thing that just drains your power and kills you within seconds. So, uh, Chuckle make says, take away hit dice. Yes. I'm a fan of that, uh, a lot. You can make it, uh, you can make it so maybe if, well, I guess that would only affect spell casters, but you can make it so it takes away like spell a spell slot. slot. Yeah. I like that. So, or you can make it uh because obviously, you know, your your fighters don't have spell slots. Right. Um but that's when you can just default to like hit dice or something. So but, you could change it up too. Yeah, and maybe that's the way you let one cl- type of character shine over another one. Maybe when wizards and stuff go in, they're completely helpless and all they have is like, you know, their staff maybe they finally actually got to use that bastard to in a fight or, <laughs> and you give an opportunity for like the fighters and stuff to shine um you could do i yeah. think was something like this because of having sources from all over the world i think you would also maybe get things that are unique to certain planes that he has mm-hmm. has snatched up that were super powerful like i imagine some sort of item from the elemental air that just summons air elementals and can be used to create like worldwide you know hurricanes or something so i mean it is stated or it is known i guess that superman has the ability to like go back in time just by raw movement speed and shit so (laughs) he could he could easily have like gone back in time met one of the previous heroes in like Baldur's gate or something from like 2000 years ago and was like yeah this is like actually and then go back forward in time and place the sword right there and just be like yeah i got this uh it's technically 2000 years old but realistically right now it is uh made yesterday (laughs) yeah i do like the touch on the black mercy thing i think that's a good example of oddball things that you could include in your campaign and setting that maybe the, this thing gets so powerful that it starts, you know, sucking wraps itself around the, the parts of the planet and starts sucking the life from the planet, you know, because, you know, I don't know. I just, I was thinking about some different stuff. I love the, you could even, ooh, you could even make it. So this would be a fun little plot hook. Uh, you could make it so that maybe when the players decide to take a long rest there, if they have to, um, or should they decide to, or even just a short rest, maybe they like take a nap, we'll say, um, that like the, the bio planet, it does actually spread across like the planet and like, it actually starts to leech onto them. And then Ooh. they, when they wake back up, they still think they're there, but then things start changing, like progressively, almost like they're in like the Fae like realm. I like that. Just random and then you stuff. Can just, and then just, yeah, it's almost like they're just on an acid trip or maybe because it's supposed to give them like, you know their heart's deepest desire and stuff like uh maybe they roll like a like a like a like a dc something maybe like constitution i guess or wisdom i don't know um and then like if those who wake up they're like oh my goodness this is actually on the dude (laughs) we need to save him could you imagine though that if the characters get trapped in it and they finally break free and they find every single person either in the region or the kingdom is possessed by one of these things and they're all just like laying on the ground hallucinating oh, yeah. 
and you some of them good. are all weak and frail and and because they've been sucking the life out of them for a while you know yeah. which could create some real fun epic boss monsters saying it used all their life force and stuff to make them all powerful and yeah. they created this sentient plant monster i don't know i like it, it. could be cool Very you could do cool. a lot of weird stuff with this I know it's kind of like we didn't really go over the whole like what would you stat? Yeah, the, the I, I, fortress. I, yeah, I don't know that I would actually give stats to the fortress. Um, yeah. I would treat it just like I would any other sort of terrain. It would take a cosmic level event to destroy it. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you could use basic rubble falling if battles going on inside of it, but yeah. I would say that it shouldn't be anything that that should be destroyed could be destroyed. Yeah, we did get out of it. Would also be interesting to see how they try and fix the plant problem. Yeah, I, I think because the plant, they can't touch it. Yeah, you need to you need to run with that plant that Black Mercy thing because that's awesome. Yeah, so, it'll be like layer actions. Ooh, yeah. What was that? Layer actions. I like that. I like Ooh, that. layer. Oh, I didn't even think about that. You that's could good. layer action the plants. That'd be super good. There's ever fucking everywhere. Um, Man, yeah, you know, this this Black Mercy thing because it it gives like this like weird like. You're in a catatonic state and you're in the, like this weird like dream thing, mm-hmm. man. Run with that shit. Hell <laughs> you can yeah, do so that sounds much. so much fun. Yeah, PC plot, PC plot growth. <laughs> uh, all right, I think that'll do it for our let's talk about blank segment. Um, this wasn't a very direct uh, answer, but I do I love kind of the content behind it. Show because it's so mm-hmm. easy to include stuff from comic books into the D setting i was gonna say like you could even like because uh i'm not sure where the fortress of solitude actually is i'm not uh, is it, it, it doesn't it doesn't exist it doesn't you know oh. it doesn't actually exist right it's not real well i think it's in Antarctica. somewhere is it north, okay north 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 pole Thank you for actually giving me the answer I'm looking for, Ian, aside from this idiot here that I have to work with. Uh, I'm like, what the fuck? Is it like in a different dimension? Of course it's not actually real. <laughs> but I was going to say, like, you could make it like like the players have to like the the journey could be really cool, too. That's what yes, I'm trying to say. That would be a great like survival, uh, a survival campaign, right? Where you got to trek out to this mm-hmm. thing that's literally in the middle of nowhere. Superman gets there because he flies there at supersonic speeds. But us mere mortals have to walk, <laughs> you know, I mean, I guess you could also like maybe they have to climb like a gigantic tower and then they finally get to a teleporter that teleports them to the fortress of solitude. Cause I'm sure like Superman, like, yeah, he could fly there, but I'm sure there's probably some other set of ways. He's like, no, nah, I got to make this a little bit harder to get into. So like, maybe when you actually get there, there's like a giant barrier or something. Right. Actually, when you, actually, when you get to the fortress of solitude, you open the, do- the door to it with a key. But the keys made out of the material from a core of a dwarf star, so it's actually heavier than the Earth. You can't, you can't pick it. Nobody can pick it up. I do remember that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So you'd cool. actually have to find some other way to get in. Man, that's yeah. brutal. <laughs> or find Superman. Well, he's unconscious, so never mind. You're, yeah, you're he's bone. Right. At the moment, so. <laughs> oh man. All right, I think that'll do it for our let's talk about blank segment. Thank you so much for the question, M. Gregory. We hope we answered it, though it doesn't sound like we did exactly. Um, hopefully, you get something out of this. Big question, so yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh. That'll do it for there. That. Yeah, but we do have a gift to give away. 
Uh, it is the Loresmith Modular Dungeon Tiles, the Arcania set. If you haven't heard this yet, you're probably new because I've said this for months. Six or so, as a matter Six, of fact. Six, actually, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, if you don't already know, the Modular Dungeon Tiles are an easy way to create your own beautiful digital maps. Um, and the Arcania set, in specific, lets you make these like dark, shadowy dungeon maps rich with the fumes of arcane secrets. So, you could actually probably, justifiably, use this in like a certain area of your Fortress of Solitude, I guess. And um, maybe you'll find like a mirror that, uh, that you, you go into it, and boom, you're in the negative realm. Sorry, you're dead. Uh, on the other hand, maybe you uh, find, go into a different corridor, or maybe you find um, flame flame tongue, flame birch, flame tongue, flame tongue. That one. <laughs> go with that. Yeah. So who is our winner? <laughs> uh, our winner today is Brian Roth, 1969. Congratulations, Brian Roth, 1969. Um, we hope you enjoy this product. If you do, consider checking out Lorsmith's other amazing content. You should definitely yeah. pick up Remarkable Inns. You might find my name inside. Um, yeah. Speaking of Lorsmith, if you didn't win, head right over there at www.critacademy.com slash Lorsmith and get a free set of digital terrain and obviously much more. You can find some other stuff there. So I guess on to our main topic. Uh, which is the Warcraft Heroes Handbook. Um, so this you said it was free, right? Like this is actually yeah. A free if product? you head on over to uh, CritAcademy.com slash post slash episode one seventy five, uh, you can check out our blog. There's a link right to it there. Yeah. Um. This is uh, if you've ever played World of Warcraft or you've ever heard of it, which I'm sure you've probably heard of it. It's it's been everywhere for a long time. Yes. <laughs> um. You can actually just make your own MMORPG World of Warcraft D&D style game. Yay. Yeah, and <laughs> it's it's done really, really well. There's also um, a lot of pages. It's, it's a lot of content. Yeah. <laughs> it, I would say the coolest thing that I like about it is that it redoes the more of the traditional classes. I think Ian specifically pointed out that the warrior is almost a combination of the fighter and barbarian, which is great. Uh, that sounds so dope. <laughs> who was the who was the lead designer? G J I H. Yep. There's no. So this was made by uh, G on Reddit. So they only go by like their Reddit names. So mm. um, and it, it there's a lot that went into this. Like I was super impressed. There's lots of play testers, lots of artists. It really, it is really really fantastic. Yeah. Wow. There's a lot of illustrators. Yeah. It's just a, 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 I think a paragraph. Yeah, I I assume that those are just credits to the people that drew them from uh, Blizzard. Mm. I think. I guess I don't Maybe. know. Um. So there's something that happens in World of Warcraft that call, the reason it's called Warcraft, right? Is there is always a war. <laughs> it wouldn't be Warcraft without a war. And there's absolutely two very popular factions in World of Warcraft: the Horde and the Alliance. Um, Austin, do you want to tell us a little bit about the Alliance and just like who they are, I guess? Yeah. Just the first couple uh, lines there probably is worth it. Okay. If you can summarize that. Mm -hmm. Uh, so the Alliance are like these, uh, they, they're these, well, they're the Alliance. They're an Alliance of people <laughs> that have proven themselves to be uh fierce combatants, uh, often giving their lives when called for. 
the faction is not a uniform governmental body, but a coalition of mutual military and economic aid. So, which I actually, I find that kind of surprising. I did not actually know that. Uh, diplomacy is key within the alliance, and decisions are traditionally made by being voted on by the alliance's most influential members. Yep. Pretty cool. Um, so that sounds yeah, I, more like a, a, a nice, structured um, democracy, almost, right? Yeah, I was going to say, almost like a democracy. And it it's almost sounds like they're, it really is just like a, a coalition army. It's not really like, they're not just one unified like country, I guess. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. And they're often portrayed as the good guys, but that that plays the game knows that is far from the truth. So Ian, would you like to tell us about the other faction, the horde? Horde makes no compromises when it comes to excellence. (laughs) The power and ferocity of their warriors is legendary. It's understood by many as evil. Horde possesses a strong code of honor and strict laws for disobedience. Yeah. Horde have to swear a blood oath to join the faction and are thus obligated to follow the war chief's commands to support the war chief in war if they are called upon for aid. Nice. I'd say that's pretty that's good. So, right there, just in the tone of the, our, 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 our nice narrator's voice, you can tell one group is. While militarized, they're very much an open democracy. The mm. horde is more of a, 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 a strength by honor, um, followers of a single uh, dictator, I guess, would be as close, an authoritarian yeah. figure. Uh, yeah. That's basically decided on by the person that's doing it. So when I'm done being the, the horde chief, I choose you to do it, like Pikachu, you know? And uh, and that's kind of how it goes in... Uh, but there is worth noting that the Horde Chieftain, I think, can actually be challenged by anybody to a, a battle by combat for the position. Mm-hmm. And I actually think that's a key role in one of the expansions, uh, if I'm not mistaken. I don't really read all that stuff when I'm playing through it, so I may not be right on the money. So. But, um, so, just like your... Now, this is designed to be work in tandem with the Player's Handbook, and everything's kind of balanced similarly. Um, we're yeah. each going to talk a little bit about the races, um, the races in Azeroth, which is the world as a whole and that the set, the setting of the world or setting of the game. Um, there are just a vast amount of races. We're not going to talk about all of them, but we're each going to you know, pick one that really tickles our dice and we'll talk what we like about it. And, um, those kind of points. Um, mm. I do want to uh, mention that I am sad that I can't talk about them all because there's a few that I, I really want to just go in on. But I think that the team did a wonderful job taking the video game traits and finding a tabletop kind of copy of it or an ability that makes sense for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll go ahead and uh, talk about the, the – unless Austin or, or Ian, want, do either of you want to go first? All right. I mean, obviously, there's humans, and they work the way that they normally do in D&D, but I'm not going to talk about humans, now, am I? I'm going to talk about Worgen. The Worgen? Yeah, too far. <laughs> They're basically a werewolf race, and basically for one minute, and transform themselves back into their human form, and they can basically, well, act like humans do, before they got the uh, Worgen curse, and yes, they're cursed to be werewolves. It sucks. Ah. You appear... <laughs> and you can also transform back into a Worgen as a free action on your turn. And you also gain a, a lot of abilities, like a claws and teeth and extra agility and some stuff. It's awesome. <laughs> Did not know that. About right. 
Yeah, no, that's that's perfect. I, I actually think that's a really great choice because um, I know there's a lot of players who wish they could play werewolves. Now, under the normal rules, if you get bitten by a werewolf or the lycanthropy or the the vampire bite and stuff, you technically uh, become get abilities that make you far outclass the rest of the characters. So I know like mm-hmm. in Adventure League, they just turn those into NPCs because those traits are so powerful. This finds a, a happy medium, I think, in between and makes them usable. So you could yeah. basically offer this to your players as a werewolf bite and give them these features without breaking your game, which I thought was really nice. You lost count how many times where... I constantly got hit with the werewolf curse, so I use it as an excuse to get to, to dive into fights against werewolves. Ah, you can't curse me! I'm already cursed, suckers! <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That's why I always want to play like a vampire in D&D, but that's literally impossible, because they're... You can't play them! <laughs> yeah, make, they're, they're imbalanced. If you get yeah. bit, you get powers and stuff that just make your character unbalanced. Though, I think a DM, if they really, really wanted to, could come up with some sort of customized class or race at that point, which is kind of what yeah. these are, right? Although we did cover a supplement that covered that, too, with all the Monster Manual monsters yep. as playable races. So We did. Mm-hmm. We nailed it. Um, is there anything awesome. else uh, you guys liked about the Worgen that really made it stand out obviously the transformation was a i was gonna say one. i think the thing that stands out is the i become big beef monster and i'm going to eat you <laughs> <laughs> um, so it is worth noting that they get uh, additional features uh while in the worgen form or the werewolf form uh they get bite so they can now make unarmed attacks with uh 1d6 plus your strength which is really nice um yeah pretty good and then they get viciousness. You can throw yourself into a vicious frenzy as a bonus action. You can make a special attack with your bite. If the attack hits, it deals normal damage and you gain temporary hit points. Minimum one equal to your con modifier. You become a bloodsucker. But you can only use it once per short or long rest. So it definitely isn't something that can be um Yeah, it's not your main easily. tool. Yeah. Yeah. Their speed's thirty five feet and they have a climb speed too of twenty feet. So Yeah, so they do That's get, they get some really buffs. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's pretty cool. Austin, which one did you want to talk about? I'm kind of stuck between two, but I, I'm going to talk about the Blood Elves because I I love Blood Elves. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's either the Void Elf because Void Elves are cool too, but um, really, I mean, they're they're very similar to like regular Elves from like the uh, like the High Elf, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of like they have like um, they they have keen senses, so they have you know proficient in the uh, perception skill. They have uh, dark vision, um, and they gain plus two to their dexterity and plus one to intelligence. So I think it's actually reversed. Usually, elves In get two way? intelligence. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Um, but what's cool about them is they get uh two thing, well three things, I guess. Arcane affinity, so they can cast detect magic and magic weapon with this trait. Intelligence is a spellcasting ability for them, and once you cast either of the spells, you can't do it again until a short or long rest. So short rest and just to cast, you know, magic weapon pretty cool yeah i, I like think that. that that is awesome because um i think it increases your damage and your attack bonus by one for that being able mm-hmm. to use that on a short rest i think that's pretty dope um i honestly yeah. think that's probably a little bit powerful for a racial i think once per long rest would probably be more appropriate that's just my opinion yeah i haven't play tested this i don't know that um right so it is worth pointing out that they beefed up a lot of the races in here too so yeah. this is true 
They yeah. are a little bit stronger, but they did they did mention that in the the beginning that they did try to keep them relatively balanced, right? So that players could still play all the other stuff and not feel like they're weaker. Um, right. Well, I guess if you're yeah, um, they do gain a free cantrip, uh, from the mage spell list. Um, intelligence is the um spellcasting ability for it, and then I actually found this to be something that's really cool is they get the uh. Oh boy, Calderai weapon training. Uh, so you get proficiency with longbows, Sindore warblades, and warglaves, which I thought was really cool. Ah, warglaves, that's so you, awesome. You get so uh, you get a free longbow proficiency, so you could play anything, and you get a longbow. <laughs> that's yeah, great. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, playing a, a like a mage with a glaive. Like I, that just it just cracks me up. <laughs> That'd be cool too. Yeah, you could do some fun stuff with that. Yeah. yeah, which is which is kind of weird because normally you look at like uh like the elf training in five e and it's like yeah you get like I think like short sword proficiency or something like mm-hmm. that, and then uh, in this one you get like longbows and stuff. So I thought that was cool. Yeah, that's it. That's um, uh that's what else. Now I I would like to 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 say that each one of these races has a plethora of lore tied to them that you can read. Um, oh, yeah. yes. really fleshes their, their race out really, really, really well. Um, yeah. While I'm going to talk about the Forsaken, I do want to give honorable mention to humans because I love what they did. And I can easily see myself giving this to, to humans in my game. In, instead of getting uh, uh, plus one to all or plus one to two and then picking a feat, you get a plus two score and a plus one and you get to pick wherever it goes. That to me is awesome. That truly makes that a very versatile option. Um, and yeah. I, I thought that that was really cool. And honestly, I'm sure that maybe in previous editions, that's what they were. Um, for that means like, you get two editions. 16s at yeah. level one. That's uh, really good. Well, which is yeah. uncommon for some, right? Because some classes do plus two, plus one, but they're usually specific ones. Um, mm-hmm. So if you like, I think it's plus two to strength a plus one to con if you're like a orc or half orc or something but um so that's not not even all they get too they yeah they they get get some other stuff but that's not the one i really want to talk about i just i thought that that was really cool and was an honorable mention for me what i want to talk about is the forsaken now if you don't know the forsaken um they are they are basically um undead humans and elves basically that were freed from the lich king's control um and it's interesting because they have their own city and everything of all just undead and i think that that's great cuz i know i've brought up the uh the the topic about you know is raising undead evil and 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 is there a way to you these are actually sentient they're not mind numbing zombies right um but i just thought it was a great option for players um and it's also worth noting that there's different forsaken forsaken elf is different than forsaken human they get different uh abilities um for instance if you're a forsaken human you get uh human resolve you can make an attack roll and an ability check and or a saving throw you can do so with advantage and once you use the ability you can't use again to finish a short or long rest um that's awesome you basically get to grant yourself advantage once and i think that's pretty cool um and uh their primary stat is constitution 
uh, plus uh, one other feature, depending on whether they're elf or, or one stat, whether they're elf or human. Elf is intelligence, and human is whatever you want. So it is noticeable that they get less stats than everyone else, but they get a really cool ability called cannibalize using one minute you can cannibalize a corpse of a humanoid that has been done for at least one hour um when done you regain a number of hit points equal to your level plus your con modifier when you use it you regain it on a short rest that's awesome pretty good i think that that is really really cool because that gives you the edge over just spending hit dice over other characters and Mm -hmm. when you're out of hit dice you still can use it so I thought that that was really neat. What do you guys think? Pretty good. I like it. Yeah. It's always nice to see honestly, an undead would... race. That's an option to pl- for players. So yeah, yeah I mean, honestly, just... if if you could, like, I would even pull this to like your regular D and D games, and just to balance it out because races obviously aren't as powerful there. Um, you could probably like you probably take off like um maybe like. Honestly, you could probably just take away. I don't know. Have you read the races from Bolo? Some of them get upset. Yeah. Yeah. What's the one with That's Reach? True. The uh Oh man. The bear, right? Yeah, the bugbear. That that reaches. That's that's powerful. That's um, true. So yeah. it is worth noting that, you know, as undead, you don't require food or water. You have resistance mm-hmm. to poison and advantage on saving throws against being poisoned. Um, they have Will of the Forsaken, which basically grants you advantage on saving throws against being charmed effects, uh, and turn mm-hmm. undead and magic can't put you to sleep. So you get some really dope ass shit. So that's um, my favorite part of being undead. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Now, what good would a handbook be without classes? Right. And there are a lot, I mean, we didn't even touch on all the races. There's a lot of races. Um, but there is a lot no. of classes now. Obviously, we can't talk about all of them, so we're each going to talk about one that we like specifically. Um, Ian, is there one that really jumps out at you? I can talk about, like, the Demon Hunter. So it is another prestige class. Um, So you don't (laughs) get to them until a little bit later, I believe. Oh, no, you get them immediately. Yeah, so you actually get it at, like, level 5. How does the prestige class work? Because I think it does specifically say make sure you talk to your DM about um picking a prestige class oh wow okay so for one for at least for the uh the demon hunter uh you need a dexterity of 13 you need intelligence of 13 your character level has to be at least fifth um must be a fifth level character before you gain levels in the yep uh complete a task special task you must find one or more demon hunters willing to lead you through the array of complex rituals required to become a demon hunter and that right there is why it needs dm approval because in order to acquire a prestige class you need to do specific actions in the games which i just think is really really cool way to do that absolutely um Um, you get a pair of war glaives upon doing it (laughs) (laughs) Um, so wow, you get a demonic mark, uh, so you get either havoc, vengeance, or wrath, which are all detailed at the end over here. Um, what else do you get here? Uh, wow, there's a lot, uh, there is a lot here. You get a bunch of really good stuff, I feel like. Um, so demonic mark, so a demonic mark gives you essentially, um, 
says different souls are absorbed in the process of becoming a demon hunter implanted into the demon hunter skills. Although many variations exist, most of these souls fall into three categories, Mark of Havoc, Vengeance, or Wrath. So we can which look at Havoc briefly like their, here. Yeah, which in the game, I think, is like their Tanlet trees. Mm -hmm. right? It's essentially their subclass mm -hmm. um, within this. So Havoc demon hunters unleash a potent energy stored up within them. They're the pinnacle of close quarters fighting. So probably what I would choose. They harness destructive powers in the most raw form to unravel it upon their enemies. Uh, when they hunters marked with havoc are known for their ability to funnel fell into their abilities and fight on harder and longer than most. So you get like an eye beam, you get some uh, a, a blade dance, you get some a, a flurry attack. Um, that's kind of cool. It, they they have Illidari fighting, which is essentially it's giving them the dual weapon feat and allows you to dual wield the warglaves as if they had finesse, mm -hmm. which is really, really cool. That is awesome. Um, they do get evasion. That should be noted, I guess. Ha! No um. longer is it just a rogue thing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, um, what are these uh, chaos, chaos points? I, I, have, I haven't even gotten there yet. <laughs> I see it, though. Uh, you're able to harness chaotic energy built within. You access the energy to represent the number of chaos points. Your demon hunter level, blah, blah, blah. You can spend these points to fuel various chaotic features. You start by knowing two features, such as demons bite and fell rush. You learn additional chaotic features as you gain levels in this class. When you spend a chaos point, it is unavailable until you finish a short or long rest, at the end of which you draw all your expended chaotic energy back into yourself. Some chaotic features require your target to make a saving throw to resist the features' effects. The, the user intelligence modifier for that stuff. It sounds kind of like uh, superiority. Uh, uh, I was gonna say either like die, superiority right? or like uh, or like key points. Yeah, yeah, key even. points is probably closer. Uh, wow, and uh, you do get uh, a demon form at the end uh, at level twenty. That's like uh, depending on which mark you get. Yeah. Uh, depending on which mark you decide to take, you get a uh, different form. You get blind sight at level one because your That's eyes cool. have been torn out. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs those, right? Yeah, those you just get. Yeah. <laughs> See now that um, that seems powerful to me. What do you think about that, Ian? Blind sight. It's a well. It's worth pointing out though that you see blind sight up to 120 feet, but anything past it, you can still perceive, but it's kind of blurry. So, no alarming archery for you. <laughs> yeah, you can't. You cannot uh, shoot further than 120 feet. Then, yeah, but you can. You just have disadvantage. Which yeah. sucks. I mean, this. Uh, I'm looking at this fell rush. It's pretty cool. You can spend a chaos point as a bonus action to basically vanish in a cloud of fell energy and teleport. From one space, so it's misty, it's step. misty step, yeah, literally misty step. You can have a teleporting Holy fighter. That's cow. pretty cool. So there's lots That'd of cool be... stuff with this. I would love to run this. This would be so fun. Well, hang on there, cowboy. Their their hit die <laughs> off their hit die offsets their offensive capability. Oh yeah, 1D6. it's like what six? The yeah, same as a sorcerer or like a wizard. So, yeah, uh, but you're so mobile and you're everywhere so and. Don't forget their fell blade attack, which basically functions as a sneak attack. And your blade unarmored magical. defense is your dex mod plus ten and your intelligence mod. So you're just a a hyper monk. Yeah. Monk combination <laughs> of rogue, maybe. Yeah. No, this could be very fun. squishy. Um, they are getting squishy. I Engine. think it's awesome. Uh Austin or Ian, sorry. Uh did you uh, get your uh Death Knight there ready to go? 
Death Knight. Oh my god, they have so Death Knight. They like their prerequisites once again. The character's level five, but you also have to have a strength of thirteen at least, at least a thirteen charisma. You must have proficiency in either their heavy armor or martial weapons. Oh, you have to complete a task, which is basically you must obtain a dark simulacrum, which is basically a yeah book with a ritual, which anyone can read and gain the rituals inside. Which is basically you enchant a sword, you desecrate an altar, and you summon a uh, Valkyr. You basically sacrifice yourself on the altar, and the Valkyr basically raises you you back from the dead, but you're back as a Death Knight. Man, so it's pretty hardcore. That is awesome. That is some great flavor. I love that. Like that, That's I feel like that could be. I feel like that could be like a solo quest. Like, uh, oh yeah, uh, when you just you and the, the DM and the player get together to do this, I think would be fantastic. Absolutely. Oh my goodness, you get some fun and stuff too. And they, and they have, and they have spell casting abilities, which basically functions some of that of a warlock being. You cast all your spells at your highest known level. You have limited spell slots you get back after a short rest. And just as importantly, yes, you also gain runes. Yes. The runes you basically put on your sword to enchant it for various bonuses. And you get choose from multiple runes to get stuff from. Hmm. And I also want to point out that if you... Uh, the little 15 caps ability is if you die, you come back. <laughs> In 24 hours. That's so dope. <laughs> so death is just an inconvenience. Yeah, death at that point is just an, an inconvenience. You uh, have to be like, you have to be contained. Bomb with your weapons imparts affection of your soul when inside it. If you die, you return to life within 24 hours as the weapon resurrects you. If your body is, re- is destroyed, you reform within one mile of the place you died. If your equipment was destroyed, you didn't regain it. If your room weapons broke in or another, another place of existence, you were not resurrected. Hmm. That's cool. If your weapon returns to your plane of existence after 24 hours has passed, you do not return to life yep. as the magic of your weapon fades and vanishes. Oh! This so your is... weapon is your life. Literally. Quite literally. Yeah, that's cool. I like yeah, so that. Gain... Go ahead. Yeah, so, so as you level up, you gain death strikes, which you basically add an extra D8 of necrotic damage to your attacks. Boss. I just That's realized like, uh, that they got like channel necromancy is like channel divinity. It works very similar. That's cool. Really cool. Basically, they're a combination of like uh, dark paladins and warlocks. Yeah, that's uh, what I'm seeing. Yeah, they get they it's get basically... invocations too, like like invocations. That's cool. Mm-hmm. They're basically a warlockadin, but literally. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Which is uh, fine by me. There's three archetypes you can pick from, which I won't get into too much, other than the fact that like, uh, one's like uh, fr- Frost Base, which which powers them up martially. You get yeah, basically raise undead. Yeah. I guess it was just dude. Never mind. Right. Um, all right, and I think the last one we're going to talk about actually is really exciting to me, would be the Hunter. Um we all know that a lot of people have an issue with the ranger. They don't think that it's right. They don't think it works well. I, while I disagree, um, this could be the alternative that they're looking for. Um, hunters are very, very interesting. You know, um, they're stalkers in the wild, you know, living off, you know, living off in the knowledge of the, the nature and the stuff around it. And they're deeply attuned to it. and, you know, the mightiest beasts in the area are, you know, their allies sort of thing, mm-hmm. um, which is what I always thought of, of a ranger. 
So for me, this is really, really cool because it hits on the animal companion part that most people think the Beastmaster is lacking. So first of all, they get a D10 for hit dice, so that makes them pretty sturdy. They get scale mail, which is cool, or leather armor. You have a choice, um, and you can do two-wheeled weapons or ranged weapons if you want. Um, actually, you can do both, right? You get longbow, and you get two short swords and or um, melee weapons of your choice. Um, mm -hmm. So get instantly giving you some versatility in melee when you can't use your bow, which I think is really cool. And for me, to get... Get Hunter's Mark as a class ability, which they have in the past. Not yep. as a spell, but as a class ability that you can keep using over and over again. Yep, you beat me to it. That was actually where I was going next. They get Natural Explorer, which you're familiar with if you played a Ranger. But the Hunter's Mark is no longer a spell, um, which is fantastic. Because you're no longer restricted to that, making their damage output um, more on par with some of the more aggressive non-casters. Um, mm -hmm. Because really, a lot of your damage comes from Hunter's Mark. It's worth noting, though, that it's weaker. Um, I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm mistaken, but Hunter's Mark is an extra D6 Yes. Uh, yeah. in the book, and in, th in this one, uh, in the player's handbook, in this one, it's a D4. Um, but you're not bringing spell slots. <laughs> right. So yeah. I think, to me, that's personally a really good trade-off. I feel like that should be the norm, honestly. Just make it a 1D4 extra damage. Yeah. Honestly, that's what how a lot of people feel <laughs> it should be. <laughs> Um, it just seems better. It was that way in past yeah. editions too. So, and now they still get all the, the they still get the fighting styles, right? So you can pick. I mm -hmm. don't think that in the ranger in the player's handbook actually gets great weapon fighting as an option, but they have it here. Um, nope, nope, they do not. Which is pretty cool. I think that probably is for the survival archetype um, that's in here. Mm -hmm. But the other, they yep. get a new primary um, resource called focus. Um, which basically, uh, you enter this kind of heightened state of focus in combat. Um, and it's represented by a number of focus points, which is basically determined by your levels. There's a table here that says you get, um, a number of focus points. It looks like at level two, when you get it, it's basically, uh, two. And then when you hit, uh, level three, you get three and then level six, you get four all the way up to eight. So, um, you use that resource to execute special uh, focused attacks. Um, and these are pretty cool. I have to say concussive attack. When you make an attack against a creature, you can spend a focus point to attempt to make dizzy your opponent on a hit. The creature suffers the normal uh, damage and must make a con save and suffer disadvantage on attacks until the end of its next turn. So you can actually, this is like a more powerful version. I would say of vicious mockery that's on a resource consumption, right? Um, mm -hmm. and I thought that was pretty cool. You get aim shot, which says when you make an, a weapon attack against a creature, you can spend one focus point to attempt to topple them over, uh, forcing them to make a strength saving through throw or be knocked prone. Um, so, and there's, there's quite a few more of those between, you know, uh, piercing shot and disengage a shot attack and steady. So there's a lot of good stuff there for versatility, right? Um, mm -hmm. now, I think you have to pick a number of them. I don't think you get the whole list. Yeah, you learn, uh, you learn a, an additional focus of your choice at certain levels. So you start with two, and then you get a few more from there. But how many is on here? Like ten? I don't know. I think it was like there's eight. Eight, I thought. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
So, Quite a bit. So far, what do you guys think about this this version of the Ranger slash Hunter? <laughs> I, I like of, it way better, to be honest. I, I was going to say, I kind of feel like it really is should be this, honestly. <laughs> I wouldn't even be opposed if, if I had players who said, yeah, I, I want to play this instead. And I'd be like, I yeah, sure. I think the alternate Ranger was because provided was similar to this, too. So <laughs> Yeah, they yeah. followed the um, fighter uh, um, dice, superiority dice thing, I think. Um, which I think was a good move too, because everyone's like, "Oh, that's the fighters' thing." Well, if you think about it, spells are the wizards' thing, but there's other classes that have those too. Mm, <laughs> yeah. So I always thought that was a BS argument, but whatever. Uh, so there's a lot of BS arguments out there. <laughs> so uh, there's three different archetypes you can choose from at third level, which is really cool. The one that's most interesting to me is the uh, fact that first of all, you get an animal companion regardless of your build. That's cool. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and now it loses multi tack and um, some other stuff, but you, if I'm remembering this right, you can actually spend focus points to let it attack. I think. Um, uh, I, I have think to so. double. I have to double check the rules here for it. So, uh, and it's stronger. It's a half level creature at one half cha- challenge rating instead of one quarter like it is in the for the yeah. um, ranger. So you're instantly getting a huge buff there. Um, where does it say, uh, all of its abilities and stats are based on your level and using your proficiency bonus rather than their own, which is very similar to the other one. Uh, it also gains a couple skills that you get, uh, uh, your beast gains proficiency in two skills of your choice. So you can kind of customize them a little bit. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, it gains scales with your hp and well right. with your level yep. as well gaining ability score improvements as well so um some really good stuff here i think and to basically do like a quick cr- crash course with all the other classes druid works what you expect they kind of like a beefed up sh- uh, shape change a little bit though which is kind of nice mage you got to smash together wizard and sorcerer monk as you expect pelton what you expect priest what you'd expect shaman basically spellcasters that focus more on elemental stuff warlock mm-hmm. What do you expect with a little bit more demon ties? <laughs> yeah, I do. I love, I love the fact that they get a permanent pet too. Um, that was pretty oh, cool. Warrior, they basically took fire and barbarian and smashed them together. Yeah, yes. and you build Great. rage instead of expending rage normally, like you would for the barbarian. Like you build it up cool. as battle, and then you expend it, which I think is a fantastic mechanic, and I'm totally going to use that in a product. So I think that uh, it was a cool idea. Um, and there's lots more stuff to go in these classes. Like I said, it's a free document. Head on over to CritAcademy.com slash post slash episode 175 and you'll find it. Or if you're wa- going to look in the next couple days, it should be there right at the top of the, the list. Um, yeah. Yeah, so so uh, a few extra feats, a few extra spells here and there. That's a little bit more tight to Warcraft. So yep. Yeah. And, and I actually think that uh, they... Some of the feats, I think, are not good feats. Um, I thought some of them were... Um, not, they're there. Yeah, um, they're filler. There were a couple, two, two of them that I thought was really cool. Faction Grudge, which basically gives you an advantage on um, when you start a, a round of combat against somebody of the opposing faction. Um, it gives you a bunch of cool buffs for tracking and purposes and stuff, which is pretty cool. Um, and then the battle mage basically gave you like, uh, you had like the sharpshooter feature to increase mm-hmm. damage, but for spells. 
Um, yeah. So smashing together a couple different ones there. Um, I do, I do want to say that it clearly, they clearly put a lot of work and a lot of effort and time into this. Yeah. Everything is flushed out very well. Um, it all looks legitimate. Yeah. Which is really good. It really is really, really good. So a lot of love for the game of D and D and world of Warcraft went into this. Obviously we can't tell you everything that's in here, but I wish I could. Um, it is just a phenomenal concept. So kudos to what is G G G G G G and his team of people on Reddit. Um, just phenomenal work. I'm pretty sure like, uh, of the reason why this is free is because, you know, to get it out there for whoever wants to use it. And the other 95% is a crap ton of copyright issues. <laughs> well, it, there's and there's uh, it is worth noting that I found a bunch of uh, typos and poor so, writing so and uh, here and there, yeah, yeah. There was also mm -hmm. verbiage was not right. If you're trying to make a Watsi product, there was some stuff that had some sketchy wording, probably yeah. brought in from older editions. Um, mm -hmm. But to be fair, I've seen way worse. Oh yeah, I've seen better. I did want to make an honorable mention of the shields. If you're looking for different rules for shields, they got them in here. They got for buckler, standard, and tower shields. So um, I thought that was pretty cool, yeah. and as well as like firearms and stuff like that, because you know you have all that in in WoW, um, World of Warcraft. So mm -hmm. I how the tower shield is on your turn when you use it. You use your strength for your AC instead of Dex. <laughs> Which is very cool. Um, was there anything else? There was something else I wanted to talk about in here. Uh, they do uh, give you provide a list, uh, a spell list that of which classes have access to which spells, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. um, I do think um, they did have add their own spells to mix with the stuff that goes like arcane barrage is like a known mage spell and wow but it doesn't have a the closest thing i would say would be magic missile is like a um an analog that's the word i was looking for earlier and i couldn't remember <laughs> uh one thing that does tickle my dice as a person who used to play a shaman and loved it the chain heal is awesome uh <laughs> a, ability that jumps to nearby allies are you kidding me hell yeah it gets weaker with yeah. each jump though so yeah, which is exactly how it worked. Yeah. And there's a lot. There's a lot of spells in here. So even if you're looking for new spells to offer your players in your game, um, it gives you a lot. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm trying to figure out. Is there anything else? They do have a lot of uh, variant variant rules, including things like bleed effects and um, spending hero points. These special hero points to execute. Mm -hmm. um, uh special mechanics so yeah that's probably the best way to to say it <laughs> yeah i don't want to get too much stuff. into it because some of it i thought was interesting and some not so much uh they do have a rule variant rule for mana if you want to take that approach instead of spell slots um which i would prefer anyway so yeah i mean to me it's a I don't know. I don't. I I can see the use of it, but then you do you lose the upscaling of spells that needs to be reworked differently. So I do like the inclusion of special monsters, um, specifically the ones tied to like the classes, like the Voidwalker and stuff, and the the Fell Hunter. 
Um, you could toss mm-hmm. those monsters into your um, your campaigns. So, and then of course it does oh. give you a prestige class special tasks to, to to do to unlock powers. So I think yeah. that's it. Was there anything else? Oh man, my show companions. I kind of like the recent eye, eyebrow for the uh, yeah warlock who can companions and the absence is a succubus. I'm like, I'm like, oh dear. <laughs> uh, I am uh, worried what some players would do with it. <laughs> Chuckles does uh, point out that there are like six of the five man dungeons that are made for five E as well, which is pretty cool. Um, that's awesome. That's pretty cool. Uh, I didn't look at those. He probably sent those to me too, and I just forgot. So <laughs> I think that'll do it for our main topic today: the Warcraft Heroes Handbook. Um. I think it's a great product and at the very, very low price of free. So it doesn't yeah. hurt to add it to your collection and steal ideas from it because there's lots of good stuff in there. Mm-hmm. So do you guys got any final comments? I would just love to play these some of these classes, man. Right. <laughs> some wacky stuff. We'll see. <laughs> I think our big problem is there's a lot of stuff we want to play, but we only have so much time to play. <laughs> yeah, it's just campaigns take so long. <laughs> Well, that's definitely true. That's why I, that's why I was saying uh, at the end of our descent into Avernus, the next one, if none of you guys DM, I'm totally improvising the thing, so I can roll with Just... it and end it when I want and move on. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I think there's a lot to a lot of good to come for that, but I'm not a great necessarily a great storyteller, better, and I'm certainly not better than wizards, so uh, maybe that'll suffer a little bit. We'll see. Um, yeah. All right, uh, before we move on, we have another gift to give away. Ian, would you like to tell us about it? Why, I can. Our giveaway, once again, comes from Jeff Stevens. Scourge of the Nightingale. Part 1. Song of Love. A masked menace terrifies their region, raiding villages to fund their devious plan. Unknowingly, the adventurers stumble into her most recent evil scheme. The kidnapping of a famous performer known as Devon Artis. Their mission is to deliver a ransom and collect Devon. Though in most cases, not all goes as planned. <laughs> awesome. That sounds very intriguing. Honestly, it's weird because it says, though in most cases, which means it implies that there is a case where somehow it does go as planned. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm curious as to how it goes as planned. <laughs> uh, who is our winner today? Our winner today is... Shishing RL zero one one nine. If you didn't win, have no problem. Have no fear. We're here. Head on over to CritAcademy.com slash Jeff Stevens and get Villains in Layers 3 and Encounters on the Savage Seas 3 for free. Booyah. Um, yeah. And I do have another gift that I will be giving away at the end. So if you've been following our Facebook and Twitter, you're aware of it. Um, we shared a project and challenged the or a product and challenged our listeners to uh, to share and like and comment to win a ten dollar gift card. And now, what you've all been waiting for: our unearth tips and tricks segment where we bring you new and reusable material for both players and DMs. 
Would you like to tell us about our character concept that you wrote? I would. I we think. have intelligent brute. A human grappling barbarian who, who took the tavern brawler feat with a sage background to represent the time he went through mage school where she got through with a wrestling scholarship. Ah! <laughs> he majored in biology and he graduated with a bachelor's degree of applied science with a focus on human anatomy, which and also double majored in psychology and pain. <laughs> yeah. As high school science project, he personally demonstrated to the judges how many foot pounds it takes to break each type of bone in the average human body. He won. <laughs> For his day job, he's a chiropractor. I love it. <laughs> That's fun stuff. This is definitely. Oh, uh, I love the idea of a big giant brute just walking over. Excuse me, sir. Your posture is just horrendous. For a mere one gold piece, I will make it so your back aches will be gone. How do you do that? <laughs> I break your back over my knee. <laughs> He's like, body well, <laughs> let me show you. He just pulls out his knee, just grabs the dude by like the neck and his legs and goes, <laughs> what doesn't kill you will literally make you stronger. Come on over. Like the, like the episodes of the Simpsons where uh, Homer was curing various physical pain and ailments by slamming people into his uh, chair. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. That was funny. I think he, uh, didn't he try with a trash can too? And then it got like disfigured and it broke somebody's back. <laughs> I think it was a trash can actually. Oh, Never mind. Man. That's funny. Um, I think this is a fun concept. I know you've mentioned it on the show before. It was a matter, it was only a matter of time for it ended up on this list. So, mm-hmm. uh, yep. <laughs> you got any other comments on this, you guys? No, it's pretty, it's relatively straightforward. Relatively. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just fun. Bring, oh, yeah. Bring chiropractor. Oh my god, that's hilarious. Uh that'll do it for our character concept. Um for our brute. yeah, the intelligent brute for our monster variant, we have Dwayne the Rock Golem Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> this comes from Panoramic Panda. Uh on DD Beyond, I believe. The origin stat block you're gonna oh. use is the stone golem. Um, and here's some of the, the new features <laughs> you're going to, I forgot about this flavor text, uh, carved out of flawless granite. Dwayne, the rock golem Johnson is the perfect representation of a flawless man from his impeccably chiseled face to a body that lays the smack down on anyone who looks at it. There is not a single blemish on his magical construct of a man. Beyond being the most electrifying rock in sports entertainment, Dwayne the Rock Golem Johnson is the cornerstone in a series of adventures best described as fast and furious. <laughs> Holy cow. Oh my god. Panoramic Panda went out of uh, quite uh, quite good with this one. So the new <laughs> abilities you're going to give the... Uh, excuse me. The stone golem is the rock bottom. On a successful grapple, the rock wraps one arm around the target's upper body. Uh, what? That doesn't make sense. He mugs to everyone visible. I don't know. He mugs. Is that like that facial expression he gives? I guess so. <laughs> um, and he he lifts the target high into the air and slams them to the ground, dealing forty-eight plus six bludgeoning damage. The target must succeed a dex DC uh, seventeen dex save or be knocked prone. 
So the rock bottom literally drops you to the bottom of the ground and you don't get back up. But that is indeed how you use that word. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's not all. He also has the people, the pebbles elbow, <laughs> the pebbles yeah, elbow. Yeah, you can't, can't say that. That's copyright. <laughs> <laughs> As the bonus action, the rock strikes a self-assured pose over a prone target. And with a high degree of flair, he bounces off objects around the battlefield, leaps into the air, and comes down from the sky to smash the rocky elbow into the target's ribs, dealing 68 plus 6 bludgeoning damage. Raw! And then he takes a big, deep breath and asks, what's cooking? <laughs> what do you guys think about this? That's some fun stuff. That sounds fun. As odd as this is going to sound, this actually made me think of the character Shale from Dragon Age. <laughs> oh, yeah? You could. I could see that. Who is a uh, like golem that joins the party. And for me, like the best dialogue with Shale was like, uh, Shale's like, yeah, the, the mage's wife went, went into the house until, until he shrunk me. Wait, how do you shrink a golem? The chisel and a lot of nerve. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think this is a great character. It reminded me, I liked it because it reminded me when I played Wildstar, one of the, uh, the races is, um, uh, a stone, uh, creature called Granox, right? So I, uh, I rolled a character called, uh, Dwayne Granox Johnson. (laughs) I also did Arnold Quartzenegger too. (laughs) Because I'm That's stupid like that. <laughs> stupid Rocky people. Uh, I really like this character concept. It sounds a lot of fun. If you got a wrestling fan in your group, they're going to just get a total uh, kick yeah, out of They're going to get a kick out of it. <laughs> so that'll do it for our monster variant. Austin, would you like to take this very long-winded encounter? Yeah, I can, I can see that. For sure. <laughs> so this encounter is a, a Theros Encounters. Uh, impatient Riddles from D&D Beyond. Uh, the characters enter a room in a tomb or dungeon and suddenly find themselves in the presence of a majestic sphinx. Read or paraphrase the following. You enter a room at the base of a short staircase with tall walls on either side of you. After ascending the stairs, you emerge into a sandy arena, dimly lit by torches burning with blue flame. Before you stands a majestic sphinx, her long and unruly mane decorated with splendid golden finery. A raucous wave of cheering and jeering erupts around you and you see nearly a dozen manticores sitting in amphitheater style seating all around the room welcome tomb robbers the sphinx purrs i am i am kalakia behind me is the treasure you seek yet i have been tasked by the gods to not relinquish it unless i am bested she yawns loudly and crosses her paws but I have stood vigil here for an eon, and I grow bored. Perhaps being bested in a game of riddles would be suitable to release me from my charge. Kalakia stamps a paw on the bl- and the blue flames illuminating the this room grow brighter, revealing innumerable bass relief carvings yeah, bass, along uh, the walls. God. Okay, uh, bass relief carvings along the walls of this chamber. The carvings depict gods, mythic locales. Monsters, spells, and artifacts wielded by mighty heroes. Kalakia's riddles. Kalakia has five riddles she wishes to ask the adventurers. She only allows the party to answer each riddle once. If someone confidently blurts out an answer, she takes it as an attempt to answer the riddle. If the character answers incorrectly, some of the manticores in the stands attack. 
see incorrect guesses below. Uh, if a character answers correctly, she gleefully assures them of their excess and, and grants them a reward, which is also in another area for correct guesses. Yeah, we don't have those because this is a, a yeah. segment of a, a big giant encounter from D&D Beyond. Mm-hmm. I just took out this part. Yeah. If the characters don't guess any of the riddles correctly, she asks the first riddle again and starts over, granting them another chance at solving your puzzle. That's funny. The riddles are riddle one. A magic beyond mortal hands am I, a tool of divine knowledge that reveals myths and tales forgotten to time. Now, what am I? Before you go any farther, there's we have all we've talked about riddles as an encounter before. There's mm-hmm. something in this that stands out. Anybody that's part of our Patreon that's got my monster variants has seen my lore sections. This riddles actually gives you guides to what the person would learn depending on their role. Would you like to tell us about them? Sure. So riddle one checks legend lore. Um, so the DC 10, it sounds like this riddle is describing a spell, which I guess that makes sense. Um, and then on DC 15, it says this spell is probably a divination spell, likely a very powerful one that reveals information that is passed out of mortal memory. Um, and then DC 25, you recall that clerics who worship gods of knowledge are often granted a spell called legend lore, which cryptically reveals lore that has been lost to time. So I guess if you just roll stupid high on your check, then you get yeah, the answer. You just get the answer. So to me, the reason I included this is because I this to me is exactly how riddles should be solved from an in-character perspective. Yeah. Depending on the person's role, you give them some information that gives them a little bit about it. But that's it. A player may not know that, or maybe a player does. But in D&D, you're challenging the characters most of the times. So, Though, there is an argument to be made that sometimes solving puzzles as a player is fun. But in either case, utilizing these different levels of DC for lore information, in my opinion, is exactly how it's designed to be used. And it should be. Right? You can't tell the you can't tell the person, oh hey, you give me a check. Okay, you roll an eleven. It sounds like this riddle is describing a spell. Give me another check. No, that's all you know. You mm-hmm. didn't roll enough to gain any more information. Um now you could argue you like could let that. somebody else roll, but I usually prefer to let just the people who are proficient most of the time. Um because yeah. it lets them shine, right? Um, what do you guys then go ahead. if all of them roll chances are they will get the answer right. and and really that's and less... yep. go ahead and I think it's always good to have your characters roll too just from the standpoint of the way I always say it no matter how high your wizard's int is they're only as smart as the player running them this is true fair enough yeah. um and I think that's why checks are really good to do this. And that's why I like this. I think that yeah. this is a great example of a good puzzle and a great scenario that encompasses it. Um, in the incorrect guesses, they are swarmed by enemies and they get attacked. Then she lets them try again. Um, and they mm. get bonuses for correct guessing and some rewards and stuff, which is cool. But um, I think it was handled well. I like it. The other one, which I think is really cool, is basically describing a magical weapon. It says, a weapon that made by mortals in homage of the gods am I. A spear with the power to split the sky. My lowborn cousins are thrown by athletes and warriors alike, but I am crafted from more magical stock. What am I? Now, I really truly believe a player might figure that out. That's a really good one for that. 
But once again, if you roll low, you let them roll. It just says I'm likely a magic item, perhaps a throwing enchanted with the power of lightning. Well, eventually the players can narrow that down, but you only get one guess. So mm-hmm. <laughs> anyways, what do you guys think about this overall? Pretty good. Counter. Yeah, it's there's I mean, obviously we don't know all the riddles and everything, but that could be a really fun encounter. Yeah, it sounded oh, yeah. fun. Because That's why I included it. That that like it's not just combat, <laughs> which is uh something that it can be tough to do sometimes, right? Yeah. To try and mix combat and puzzles together and this can do this pretty well. And and mm-hmm. and, and James Hayek, I think, is the one who wrote this. And that guy is just great in general. He's a great writer. So, um, any other comments on this? No, pretty good. All right. Uh, there is a link in our show notes, uh, to the full D and D article, D and D beyond article with all the rest of the riddle and the entire rest of the encounter, which is like five pages. So, Mm -hmm. um, that'll do it for our encounter. Uh, Ian, would you like to tell us about our magic item? The animated chest, which is a wondrous uncommon item that requires attunement. And that first glance, this seems like a piece of, of a perfectly ordinary luggage, right up to the moment where it suddenly sprouts legs and follows whatever creature it acknowledges as master. <laughs> <laughs> if it allows its owner to store items inside, it will protect its contents by having its uh, lid slam down on anyone not attuned to it that tries to reach inside, who then must make a DC 13 deck save or take 36 bludgeoning damage. <laughs> Pretty big. <laughs> It will possess a move speed of 30 feet. It will do its best to avoid danger to itself. Pretty good. I think this is awesome. Um, That's a great idea. I don't know who wrote it or who came up with it or when, how hey. long it's been. Oh, you did? Oh, man. <laughs> I showed up in there. I was like, man, this is awesome. <laughs> um, and I just love that it attacks somebody that tries to open it. That's not just... like the person. Um, Get. It was uh, very much inspired by the, the treasure chest from uh, The Color of Magic. <laughs> yeah, well, it really is awesome. I think you did a really good job with that. Um, I really like the idea of tossing a bag of holding into it, right? And then it yeah. having like a, an endless portable travel bag with you. So, Oh, yeah. <laughs> I never thought about that. That'd be really good. <laughs> yeah, be really wow. Fun. And I just think it's hilarious because you know, when I travel, I wish I had a bag that walked itself. That'd be so convenient. Right? <laughs> yep. All right, I think that'll do it for our magic item, the animated chest. Our Dungeon Master tip of the podcast is, oh, you thought that was the final boss? (laughs) In the sense of uh, when going through a dungeon or an adventure, what you have, I think players tend to hold on to a lot of abilities until the confrontation of the big bad enemy guy at the end of the adventure, and then just unload on them all. Consider putting something that could easily be mistaken as the big bad enemy guy, but in fact isn't. What will they do when they've used all their trump cards? Is this another one you put in there? So this, that's what it is. I think this is an awesome idea, and don't be surprised if you guys have to deal with it, because that is something that happens commonly, is they hold on to their most powerful spells for the in-case-shit moment, and mm-hmm. um, it can make I am your... that player until the very moment I'm dead. <laughs> and then you're dead and can't use it. <laughs> yeah. Austin, you had like six spell slots. What were you doing? I was like, I was saving them. <laughs> um, I think this is a really good idea. Um, I think that it could catch the players on guard. Like, um, 
I envision it, it could even be something that's like accidental, right? So your players oh, yeah. are, are fighting someone. Let's say you're fighting a uh, a big boss and they happen to have a Rancor from Star Wars in a basement, right? And the place is being raided and it breaks free while you're fighting the quote-unquote real boss. But then this damn thing swoops up, bites its head off after you've expended all your resources. Now you got to fight this big mm-hmm. giant monster and you done just tried to... Blow it. You blew everything. Right. The, the the person that just got eaten. Oh man, that would be devastating. Ah. What made yeah. you uh, write this up there, uh, Ian? Oh, as I've said in the description, it happens all the time, and as a result, a lot of like uh, boss fights that should be challenging are not. True. And when you deprive uh, characters of their resources, it makes it that much more difficult. I mean, it could be an artificial way of doing it, but at right. the same time. Let's say you walk into to a room, you fight the enemy me mage, only to discover, oh, that was its simulcrum. <laughs> yeah. Psych. Uh, great, great DM tip there, uh, Ian. Well done. Uh, I think that'll do it for our dungeon master tip. Our player tip of the podcast is don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. I thought about it. And I was like, nah, there's delay. And I was like, wait. And you can avoid dickitude by focus on your arcane studies. Disguise self and friends spell combo. Cast disguise self first to change your appearance. Then cast friends to influence an enemy. Now, if you don't know, once friends wears off, they know they've been tricked. But here's the catch. Before friends uh, uh, buff or debuff or effect is over, turn around a corner or run into a group and dispel disguise self so that the angry enemy comes around and passes right by you. Yeah. Pretty good. Genius. Whoever thought of this combination, genius. Because that's part of the re- reason most people don't take the friends because if somebody knows you've used an enchantment on them, uh, I'm pretty sure in our episode where we colored uh, punishments, that was on a pretty big one. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, enchanting a, people was pretty bad. Pretty um, big, uh, pretty big downside to it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think this is really cool. Would you guys ever consider taking friends with something like this? Absolutely, I'd be like the because I wanna. I always like that spell, but I'm like I have no reason to use it. So well, I'm yeah, because gonna... they're gonna know you done effed with their brain, man. Yeah, so, unless yeah. I'm never gonna see them again. Like maybe I stab them in the back afterwards, but I don't know. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> like I, that's like the only other thing I could think of. So <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, yeah. all right, uh, that'll do it for our player tip of the podcast. Don't be, don't a, be dick. a dick. Ah, be so a that's dick. good. Except for Ian. Um, well that'll do it for our show today please join us on our next episode we'll be discussing the mythic odyssey of theros i'm really super excited austin you have to go pick these up um thanks to tater it's it's not coming out until the 21st yes we will not be having an episode on the 21st next month (laughs) yes it was the 21st of june no july july Uh, it looks like i'm gonna have to buy the digital version Okay. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Maybe we'll just have to, because uh, Tater gave us a donation to give away a physical copy, and I figure we give away a physical copy of this book. Maybe we'll pick something else. We'll see. Um, yeah. But anyways, uh, we will be discussing the Mythic Odyssey of Theros. I'll pick up the D&D Beyond copy, I guess. Um, yeah. Man, that sucks. Yeah. I, I know. I'm telling you. Usually it's not pushed this far back, but 
they yeah. they decided two whole months was needed. Yeah, but I don't want to wait to cover this till everyone else has already covered it. Um, yeah. Especially yeah. since we're yeah. already going to be off. So if you don't know, there will not be a live recording on the 21st. Um, my anniversary is coming up, so I'm doing some vacationing with the wife. Um, yeah. And so that'll be during that time frame. So, uh, all right. So, yeah, I think that'll do it for our show today. Cool. Okay. Uh, if you have any feedback under tips and tricks or topics you would like us to discuss, please send them to us. Um, you can email them to us at creditacademy at gmail.com or find us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at Crit Academy. We hope you enjoyed your experience here at Crit Academy. If you did, you can help others find the show by leaving a, hopefully, five-star review on iTunes or just send us a message telling us how much you enjoyed the show. Also, be sure to give us a like and a share. Yeah. I almost forgot. We have another giveaway. Now, so this prize, we were giving away a $10 DMs Guild gift certificate for anybody that wow. shared our Unearth Tips and Tricks Volume 2 post. And so our winner is Syrian Sang. Congratulations. Thank you for liking and sharing our material. Um, keep an eye out for other fat loot giveaways. Um, make sure to subscribe to our show at crickademy.com. Follow us on twitch.tv slash crickademy. Um, or subscribe, follow, subscribe to us on YouTube. I think it's uh, youtube.com slash C slash crickademy now. So that's huge. Yeah. I can actually say it out loud. Um, so do that. Uh, that way we can help you on your future adventures well to be entered to win cool prizes each and every single week. Yay! Also, make sure to check out our awesome fellowship members. If you've not checked out the awesome Inner Party Conflict, those guys are awesome. I love them. Uh, also, consider following uh, the awesome group over on Facebook, the Dungeon Masters. Uh, uh, shit, it's not that. It's Game Master Stash, not Dungeon Master Stash. Uh, the Game Master Stash over on Facebook. They Every day they have amazing content for you to use in your game. So that'll do it. I am your host, Justin. I'm your co-host, Austin. I'm your co-host, Ian. Thanks for listening. Keep your blades sharp and spells prepared, heroes. Keep your blades sharp, blade sharp and spell prepared, heroes. Oh, you skank. You might as well say it again so it's not my voice yelling at you, overriding you. <laughs> How you say it? Damn right. But now I'm afraid if I start saying it, you're going to say it. Just be a dick. Now, oh, now I'm thinking about it.